minute. Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's a Daily Talk Show, episode 127. What is up? Yo, we've, uh, this has been probably the longest it's taken us to sort out <laughs> from a technical point of view. I don't care what they say. It's easy to do a show, international, uh, <laughs> every single day. Yeah, that's okay. It's all right. At least we're, um, we're getting it done, which makes, me, which makes me happy. But just so you know, there may have been seven minutes of recording <laughs> <laughs> before we went, this. It was possibly the best, po- uh, best podcast you'll never hear. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the Shame. name of this. That's the name of this episode. The best podcast you'll never hear. I know. Um, so I guess we recap what we're saying. I was I was saying at the top of the show that I appreciate Dom Evans who does the uh, the podcast podcast where he interviews like um, radio imaging people, so the people who make all the um, the sounds sound good and shit like that man i've done the worst explanation <laughs> you how were saying you, how thank would you, describe you it? well is he's an audio producer and you were saying he yeah. uh, made the intro to this show he didn't yeah personally i gave voice him it. all of these i gave him these elements and i was like mate can you put a little bit of something something on top of it make it sound good mix it up and um yeah he nailed that that was on i remember episode 100 before we had uh, <coughs> before we had Hamish on here's, yeah. uh, like, here's the thing we, we, there hasn't been a massive amount of compliments and this is nothing to do with Dom you just you just put the um, the pieces of wood together and uh, made it look good but there hasn't been a massive amount of um, compliments on the intro which doesn't tell me that it's bad it just doesn't tell me that anyone's gone out of their way to say it, but I caught my brother walking down the stairs at my office humming mm-hmm, and it, it works. It's, it's more so it's subtle it's subtle <laughs> right we're slowly um, what's it called when you get people under their control under your control what's that called my uh, you're a dictatorship I'm doing a thing with my hands no not a dictatorship what's puppet the master no, not a puppet master. It's the the thing that we're going to. I'm going to put you under a sp- hypnosis. We're hypnotizing people. Yeah. Through if you actually slow it down, really slowly, it says. Um, I don't know. We don't even have anything to sell. I was going to say, buy our DVDs. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely not selling DVDs. Um, but the, I was actually talking to Craig Harper today, uh, and this is not. He asked how the podcast was going, and I said, but my point being that this is nothing about wanting to talk about our podcast, but how you gauge how something's going. And a lot of the time, it's even, I mean, business, it's money coming in. Um, you could look at videos as views to your video, or, you know, it's like there's a, the most go-to metric within anything you're doing. And it's weird because it changes across everything because it's like, if something feels good, maybe that's the better metric than the numbers that are coming in because over time yeah. it will equate to something great. And um, Well, I think the only metric that we have is that it, it happens every single day. Yeah. And so, and that al- and it reali- we realize that we've got a level that we want to get to in regards to entertainment factor, how interesting we are. But at the moment, 
we're really we're really at the stage that people are when they're trying to lose weight which is like we're literally going for a walk every single day <laughs> and we're just trying that well you got to start somewhere and you can't mm. jump steps like you can't expect something to be awesome from day 1 and it might be there's no there's no assurity in that it won't be or it will be but it, chances are anything you're doing anything you're doing yeah takes so long we're talking I was Craig Harper who was on the show episode 90 I think it was something I don't know one of the 127 that we've done um <laughs> but yeah we're talking like he can put on a conference or a, a workshop and get 700 people there and that's like mm. it sounds you know you go to it and it feels flawless it feels like oh, it's not that much effort's been put in look at him up there he's just talking but then it's like on the other side of that is like that is actually so hard the one thing going to all these events and filming them is like fuck it is an absolute uh, mission to actually get that many people to something like it is so hard to actually make someone go out of the way to go somewhere to watch you do something it's fucking phenomenal I think that the other interesting thing that happens that I've been observing over the years is how other people's success or doing something rubs off on other people in a good way, but also in a way that almost makes them feel like they have done something themselves. So I've like worked at companies where employees will say, oh, I think it should be done this way or that way as Mm. if they built this multi-million dollar business. Yeah. And what they're forgetting is the person that's making the decisions, the founder or the CEO or whoever it is, they have actually done it. Like Mm. it's if people forget those sorts of bits and it's the same thing with going to those types of events. I think there's a lot of people that run events after seeing another event being run Mm. and they bomb because they just they think that they've done it that because they've they've gone to an event or they've people who watch movies think that they could make movies it's like there is a huge jump between being a consumer of something and actually doing something oh 100 percent. there's there's time trust like everything you've done previously 20 years of experience that might you know attribute to why you can even get anyone anywhere it's like the people that have come to you and i and and I've had a few of them, and it's the, the ones who want to create an online course. And you know the mm. the stats, oh, the, the the math works out really great. A thousand times by thirty dollars. If I sell it for thirty bucks, there's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to go there because I didn't know the math. But <laughs> my point being, it's like fuck. That is simple, but the hardest thing you could possibly do. Yeah, well, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work out like that, right? It's just there's a huge... And we've been really realistic, I think, with even, say, the podcast metrics about, about like, expecting way less. Yeah. But when I was on my... I went on a long walk around um, Serrano yesterday and I was, like, thinking... The whole time I was thinking about what you and I are doing next with our business, all that sort of thing. Mm. And I was thinking one of the the filters that I think about is uh, learning fast but um, growing steady, like steadily, Mm. Uh, rather than people, like I think people want to grow really fast. They want like the success really fast. But the problem with that is you 
haven't <laughs> gone through the whole process to learn all the different things and it's way easier to it's way easier to end up losing that right versus just growing it it's it's like i was thinking about it's like age right you can you can be more mature you can learn more things than a, an 18 year old but if you're 18 years old you can't all of a sudden rock up and, and say you're 25 mm. it's just like the only thing that the only thing we're working with is time in that regard and you can't there's nothing that can make you skip ahead of that time mm. what's well, an even playing field with the equation of time although when i was 15 i was rocking up and i was 21 according to my fucking fake id <laughs> and, it, and it worked <laughs> what what do you think about i was um reading a thread on twitter about um doing free work and there's this massive movement at the moment where even um, MTV uh, or their parent company had a class action against them, uh, uh, which they uh, which they lost. So the, the class action actually won. They had to pay money to a bunch of um, uh, just to be Bree. Can you make sure that you're Bree's currently standing naked and I'm on FaceTime with Tommy, but you're fine there. But I just I wanted to no, make there's it no. Clear that, your reception's gone shit out, so I can't see anything. Okay, that's what you're saying. But we, you're <laughs> um, but the um, no. Uh, so MTV was basically sued for having f- interns working for free. Interesting. And all these people are saying, "Fuck free work. Free work's the worst." Mm. Yet people are happy to spend a shit ton of money every single <clears throat> every single year on college. Mm. What's your vibe on free work? It's got its shelf life, but then you and you know you and I have done so much free work in our time, but it gets to a point yeah. where you there has to be massive value in it f- for me. I'm doing something for free for somebody, but it was my initiative this week, and I made it clear that the thing that I'm doing is worth two and a half thousand dollars minimum, is what I would charge, yeah. and I would rather do it for free than 250 bucks or whatever but they weren't offering that so for me the yeah. value's high in it in that I will have creative control to it and I will then as a good gesture and pass it on to them and it's like I'm not even doing it because of that um, it's sometimes it's you can be I think I'm being selfish in some ways but offering value on the other side of it for them so it does even out the selfishness versus the value that you're bringing so um yeah, I think it's got its shelf life doing free work. And you... And yeah, well, go on. Yeah, well, one of the things that they're talking about is that if you have the ability to f- do free work, that we're somehow... We're in a privileged position. So, they're sort of saying, okay, if you can do free work, it means that you've you've got a roof over your head, you've mm. got food on the table. And so, the thoughts around not allowing free work is that what they what I was reading was that they say free work is a um something for a group of privileged people who don't need to necessarily make money to live yeah but i just think that the my view on it is probably the best way to get out of the poverty cycle would be to be doing free work because if you're getting paid for it you like it's always going to be those menial tasks mm. and it's going to be very transactional. Whereas I think about like I grew up in, in the burbs. I didn't have, 
I didn't have a family that was in media. I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have any contacts in that regards, but doing, you know, a course at the Victorian College of the Arts and doing all these sorts of things and doing heaps of free work and going in to the city, like that was how that was like invaluable. So I yeah. feel like it's almost a missed opportunity. So you know how I told you that I got an email from a guy named Mason and the subject yeah. line was, I want to work for you for free, Tommy. And mm. um, I thought perfect opportunity to exploit someone for free. No, I didn't. I, um, <laughs> I, I appreciated his email and he's coming in tomorrow. He came in last week, but I, I kind of said, he was kind of uh, communicating to me what he wanted to do for me. But I kind of was like, okay, I get that, but what do you want out of this? Because I thought that's really important if someone's willing to do something for you for free. There's something, there's an agenda there, which is okay. The agenda just could be, I want experience. Um, it doesn't have to be, I, I want to one day get money out of you. But I think it's, um, if yeah, something interesting that he told me was his dad because he's 18 and he was, you know, started going to uni and now has kind of pulled the pin because he, he said it was lame and, and not progressive, the business course that he was doing. Um, but his dad was blown away that he was doing things for free for people and he couldn't quite understand, and maybe it's generational, um, that he, he was like, why are you helping this person for free? Which is one way to look at it, but the other side is I, I know how powerful it is doing stuff for somebody for free it's like when Craig Harper when we I've known him for 10 years but I haven't been close with him like I am now considering one of my really good mates but I remember I email I I was th- I just started my production business nearly three years ago and I pulled him up on Facebook and I'd seen his content going up and I messaged him I said hey Craig uh, it's Tommy hope you're well mate I've just um, started my production company. I love the content you're putting out. I would uh, love to help you out. I'm not looking for money. I just really um, believe in the content that you're creating. And so if I can be of any help, let me know. And he <laughs> messaged me back. He said, I'm sitting here at my computer looking through my contacts, working out who could help me with video stuff. What's your number? Which was like yeah, great. serendipitous, like you'd never believe. And now we've created a, a friendship beyond our you know exchange business wise we're really we're really good mates we have lunch all the time and so I, I saw that but it, it evolved from there and so if you're looking at that he gave me an opportunity and he he gave me an opportunity that trust was involved and he allowed me to be creative and it's like shaped a lot of the content I've created from those opportunities so doing stuff for free can give you um, a huge opportunity yeah and it's also <coughs> the it's a value transaction mm. i think that you need to look at it like rather than because i just think about the numbers i'm like if say if, if you were to pay uh an intern ten dollars an hour or twenty dollars an hour or whatever it is like what would that do for their life like i actually much prefer saying if you're really passionate about this do two or three days of free work and then you know work a job work two jobs to make it happen mm. and um i think that that yeah i, I also i even think about like <clears throat> sorry i'm still clearly sick the um the podcast right what we're doing is people really quickly surprisingly j- jump to sort of 
how are you going to monetize what's the you know how are you making money off this and i guess we're in a unique position where we know that we can do this for free for fun maybe one day that we make direct money from it but we would be happy doing a thousand episodes mm. where we're not making money off it and that's because we know that we can make a bunch more money making video content and mm. telling stories and doing that type of thing well you can only get good at something by doing it shit to start with and if you're getting paid while you're working it out you're probably pulling the wool over people's eyes and I mean, yeah. I've probably done that in the early days because I've <laughs> it's been out of alignment with you know my ability to sell something and my ability uh, sell in something a product versus my actual ability to create that thing. But then it it definitely irons out. Like I've seen this growth in what I've done in the first year into the second year, kind of dip down where it's like aligning because I'm understanding the value that I actually need to bring for the money that I'm asking for. And so when it when it evens out. Um, yeah, you it yeah it's it it makes you know that if you are charging for it, there has to be a lot of value that you are bringing. It's just more promises. Money yep. just brings a promise, right? It's a promise of yeah. delivering something. It's a promise of value in some way. Well, yeah, I think that, and what we're doing is still a promise. I think that we're us doing it every day is the one and only promise that we've really made. Yeah. So as long as we're doing that. Um, I'm really happy. But I think even with uh, Patreon, which is a, a website where people can back you, they can basically give you a little bit of money every month, almost like a subscription. Mm. And you pick different tiers. And I've seen podcasts do that where, say they have 25, 30 backers. And say if those backers are giving $10 a month, that only that's bringing in say 250 300 bucks a month mm. and for me if you do the if you do the calculations what you're losing in regards to i i feel like if you ask people to pay for something then they've got skin in the game they're expecting they can get really pissed off when they're like the the audio was bad on this episode or yeah. stuff like that where it's like it's not worth the cost of a Telstra bill to me. Yeah. Um, what what were you saying recently? As if as if it's free. Like we we're still doing it as if we're not making money for it. I might well, be in that totally. No, s- no. So no. S- the the idea just being that like we're doing it as if it is the biggest show, right? We're doing it as if. I mean, it's the paradox. It's we're doing it as if there's a, a million people listening, but we're also doing it as if it's you and I in a room having a conversation. Yeah, and, and then there was another another bit around the it's like so if if you see a lot of these creators they start getting money in um sponsors it changes everything right and so if you i think if you could not monetize something and make that work out that equation somewhere else it's more powerful because you're doing it just because you love it not because you're getting paid to do it yeah exactly and i think it's a um it's definitely the the direction that we're we're going into and it's um, it's interesting, right? Because I think that we're playing in different different models. The the model of um, you know, getting uh, having a client based business where you're it's a 
easy transaction where a company comes to you and they say we are commissioning you to create this piece of work and then you know they'll give you a a brief in some cases and you sort of do that (coughs) versus where i guess we're wanting to play which is doing um you know doing original content and being paid by clients to bring our creativity Mm. because um I just I'm not interested in being a commodity. I'm not interested in being a cameraman for hire or I think that we have a lot more to offer than that. Oh, 100%. Um how have you been? I haven't really asked you this like I know we've talked about you disconnecting from what's happening here, but I could imagine if I was in your place where you haven't been running your business like you normally do, you haven't been in the day-to-day like you slip into a Melbourne um, have you had any shifts in your thinking in terms of you know what you want to do or be or create like from a career point of view has it been worth it like disconnecting from those yeah. elements of business and everyday life I think that the biggest thing is um, not compromising in some regards so I think that we always have these Intentions. I've started businesses before where I'm going to create original content, but it's been sort of a, it really has, whilst I've said it's plan A, it's really been plan B because I've needed to make money and I've gone into client type stuff. So I think that the biggest thing for me is constantly reminding me what it is that I actually want and not compromising on on that. So saying if this is if creating original content, building this type of career and life lifestyle is what I want to do, then it doesn't make sense to be um doesn't make sense to be getting into the grind too hard on the mm. other stuff because it's the wrong direction. I've been loving that book. I'm like 2 hours in to uh <laughs> 2 hours audio reading i've got another eight to go of small giants which yeah essentially he talks about challenging the the norm on growth of a business so it's like you build the business you get lots of staff or you you know you franchise or you do an ipo you list on the stock exchange you get outside capital so there's all these like traditional methods of growth in a business but it's like he goes and investigates all these businesses that have at some point knocked back opportunities to have exponential growth or sell out for hundred of million bucks and um, it's yeah it's so fascinating because I'm so I've been so caught up in in my world and I think about every business I've had I've had like four or five and all I've thought was start a business, you grow it, you try and scale it, you have this pain of working out how to get more people on board or sell you know, more product or get more employees. But it's like... More clients, more employees, more work, bigger office. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so it's... Yeah, I've just been... It's like there is actually another way and all it takes is to actually... Takes is you to think about on the other side what the success really looks like and fuck I've you literally hear so many people banging on about it it's like work out what your version of success is and then go for that and it sounds so simple but it's like you it's so easy and I'm super guilty of being caught up in creating success that looks like someone else's you know yeah and it's about being clear on I think that for most people 
they don't know what it is that mm. they're what success looks like for them and so for us it's taken a bunch of businesses and learnings and working from home working from cafes having an office sharing an office be you know all of these different combinations to mm. then say actually I'm going to take these six things that I really like and double down on that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, what Hamish Blake said on episode 100. It's like what you're doing right now might not be the thing where you end up. It's the thing that you need to do to get to where you want to end up in the end. It's like it's hard to swallow sometimes though because when you were doing your media flex business or your your next one. Yeah, exactly. Um if you were to think about that and get, it would be almost like numbing, um, paralyzing to think, oh, but hang on, if this isn't actually it. But I think as you get further, like where I'm now, I feel more convinced about where I'm going than I did the previous one. But at that point, it felt like the right thing to do in the moment. So it's like, it's it's a funny existence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you, what do, what do you think is the, if people are listening who are, at that sort of solo operator stage, mm. you know, they're freelancing. What do you think are the biggest traps that, you know, obviously for, for a lot of people who are freelancers, having multiple employees is a bit of a pipe dream. Maybe even having an office is a pipe dream. They might be doing, you know, they might be getting an, a nice salary a year through their, mm. you know, doing their freelance work. What do you think is probably the biggest misconception that you've come to realize? Mm. I, I, yeah, I think it's, the misconception is the way you think you can you need to grow your business and challenging that you've challenged me heaps on that in you know a year ago and um mm. it, i think it was the right thing to challenge you. it felt fucking uncomfortable for me to think about but it, i i almost knew it's almost like listening fuck it's like relationships you actually know if it's not right it's <laughs> you yeah. end up just lying to yourself that yeah I really like this chick <laughs> but no um, I've done it plenty plenty of times and the same with business I feel it's like I kind of know and it's also like looking at what what um, rewards you like I think the best thing about you and I going into a um, business together it's like it's it, it's been lonely doing it by myself and so it's like those mm. other people around you that helps like so I, I have my space and I've got people in there and um it's nice to have people around, but they're not they're not sharing my vision of what I want to create. And so I'm, I guess it's not saying you should go and find someone and go into business with, but um, thinking about what it is that you want from the business. And I think it, for me, it's like sharing the journey with somebody that's aligned with where I want to go. And um, yeah. And I now, think the other thing too is it's... Um, it, it's it is like a relationship in the sense of we didn't go into doing the daily talk show with the idea that we're going to have a business together at the end of it right and so it is that thing of i think that what probably happens a lot is people think about the thing and i think that this is probably the biggest risk that we have at the beginning is getting excited about having this new business and focusing too much on the business rather than the fact of like what I was thinking about a lot yesterday was actually the the things that we want to do, what the business is going to enable us to do. So it's like 
creating original content and going out and making that versus I think a lot of people can get stuck in you know especially with the sort of the startup world it's like yeah I've got a startup and I've got the and I've got my slack and now you know this is all you know it's it's that versus actually doing the thing and so for us the daily talk show is already that thing this is a constant Mm. and um we'll do what we're doing with this podcast within a video context and within a broader storytelling context as well yeah which totally makes sense but why you don't do it before and i think that's why it's like with your own business if you've got like a solo operating it's like you need to grind through all these hard feelings of not you know not sure how to grow it not sure what i want to do it's like it all adds to the next thing which it it sucks it's annoying but for me i've got to like what i'm doing enough to get through that because if you weren't actually in love with the thing that you were doing and you know you might be selling socks but you're actually in love with marketing so that's keeping you in the sock business but it's like you need mm. to i think that helps you weather the storm of what we're talking about well i think the biggest self criticism i've had with with me is that i've um i've never stayed on anything long enough i've always you know had these fleeting projects yeah and um i think that if i look back on it that was all context building it was me realizing early on this isn't actually i could never sort of see super long term with these types of things yeah whereas i think i'm now at the stage where you know, I had a blog called Melbourne Geek. I still get emails today with companies trying to get me to review their products. Like I've had lots of different cracks at things. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, it's again that paradox, which is um, people will stay in something too long um, when it's not right, but they'll also end something way too quickly. Mm. So it's this constant balance of of um using your gut instinct and understanding yourself and and um you know what drives you but um i mean the biggest thing with this podcast which what's what it's taught me is just it is the showing up every day it is the even you know over the last 127 episodes there's definitely been times where i've thought this is a bit of a grind but i know that it is that is the fleeting moment it's almost working out which is the fleet fleeting moment versus which is the constant and so it's the same with relationships if you have fleeting moments of arguments and stuff that doesn't define your relationship Mm. if the constant is you know happiness and joy and fulfillment then you know you shouldn't end something because of a fleeting moment yeah and it's weird what we stick at because I, I don't yeah. know the equation. Like, I don't know why the fuck we've done, been able to do so many of these. And you can say that it's been enjoyable and we're... But I don't know. It's like, I don't feel like I quite get it, get it. <clears throat> even if I try yeah. and be logical about... Yeah, and deconstruct it. I don't know why. It's like, yeah. it's. De- I mean, one thing, having someone else to be accountable to is... So there's a bunch of different things that you can definitely pinpoint. But I still... I still don't know because I could easily have just gone, I can't be fucked today. You know, so yeah, many but times. I think that this is, 
this is the thing that's interesting is it's the uh, it's like when um, I had this moment of joy six months ago where I started um, I'd been really I'd always push back on doing my washing I was always like I'd always be reluctant and I'd put it off and I just um, I just started because my excuse was I've always got so much that I need to do. I've got all these big things that I need to do and what I realized was doing the smaller stuff mm. you know it's that whole sort of um, piece of advice of making your bed but mm. the thing that I came to realize was the small stuff turns into the big stuff mm. and it's like when I was you know doing putting my socks on the line and doing all of that sort of stuff and just being consistent with it <coughs> I felt really really good and yeah. I think that it's a it's the um it is focusing on the small stuff I think that with this podcast if we're to use this just because everyone knows you know, who's listening to this would know about this that maybe been part of the journey I think it's been we have had pretty low expectations around it mm. um, with this again a paradox low expectations with a high idea of where it could eventually go if we just keep in putting in the work yeah it's the um, the Jordan Peterson advice clean your room man put your put your shoulders back Stand up straight. That's a very good uh, <laughs> impersonation. Yeah. He also coughs a lot like us. He'd be great <laughs> on our... I've actually been thinking... Have you noticed that? He does it... <clears throat> like the devil's coming out of him or something. Dude, like he's actually an alien. It's because the dude's speaking five hours straight per day on podcasts about serious topics. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. There's something a bit villain-like about him, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I've I've been thinking about this a lot, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want him on the podcast. I mean, I'd love to sit down for an hour with that dude. It'd be great. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I'd definitely be wear. Interesting. It's I'd, a, I'd definitely wear a woof woof t-shirt. He'd appreciate that. <laughs> Good to see you're taking a white privilege. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> wow, well, it's the it's the daily talk show, everyone. Um, I don't think we've had. Um, uh, many emails come in, but we we had one from Cindy, my cousin. Oh, she's yes. uh, she had a good morning listening uh, on the train in Melbourne, her third last day working in Melbourne. She's just up to up to one hundred and thirteen, so it's going to be a while until she till she hears this one. But um, also, Sean tweeted me with this great link of Italian hand gestures and what they mean. It's called. It's it's a the secret Italian hand gestures revealed by Daily Mail. <laughs> so try one, try them out, and get Brie to video it. Um, we'll see. We'll see how. But we if go. it's the one where you run your fingers underneath your chin at somebody, <laughs> don't do that one. That's, that's probably telling them to get idea. fucked. <laughs> Um, all right, man. Well, everyone, it's The Daily Talk Show. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. If you've listened this far, it means that you might give us a five-star review through yeah. the podcast app, uh, through Apple, iTunes, all of that stuff. Just li- I'm curious if anyone's listening. One thing I wanted to know, Tommy, if anyone's yeah. listening through the new Android. Android has its own um, podcast app now. Did I don't that. know whether they do reviews. But I'm curious as to if people are using it, how it is, what's it like. Mm. I've been thinking about moving to an Android eventually, maybe a Pixel. You or do something. that, our uh, business will crumble. We won't have any iMessage. We won't be able to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, mate. I'll uh, I'll speak to you. 
I, I really right, feel like this. Episode, I really feel like this episode is literally recording the majority of conversations that we have that aren't on the podcast. This is just like yeah, what we've been talking about every single day for the last like eight months, ten months a uh, year. Yeah, no. I know. I wonder. Like, it is interesting. I think that I've. It probably the, the hard thing about doing this show, and we've spoken about it, is when we just. I wake up in the morning and we jump into it and all that sort of thing. And the difference versus just being present. And I think that we can both get a bit showmany with it, where we're uh, we we get a bit sort of radio. And, oh, Tommy, what's been what's been happening today? Oh, Josh, tell yeah. me. I'll tell you about Miss Miss Sauna. Well, if they've got that criticism, they can fuck off because this is so hard doing it remote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. We're getting there. It's a daily oh, talk you. show, everyone. Lo- I hope you, you have a good one. Love you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that, except you'll love you at the end. That was weird as fuck. <laughs>